Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikbat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvatisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Avinu, our Father, thank you for your Shabbat. Thank you for your presence this morning. We pray that your Word would encourage your people in uh, in Bere Sheet, Lord, uh, and that um, your community would be built up and encouraged. And in Yeshua's name, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so imagine you're an ancient person. I don't mean no, no, not not old Scott, but you know, a person in the in the ancient times in the ancient Near East. Uh, I knew I should have clarified. All right, let me start over. Imagine you're in a person from ancient times with no knowledge of astronomy, you know, the things we know now about the stars and the sun and things like that. And you're trying to decide what has power over you. What should you worship? And you look up and you see the sun and the moon and the stars. And you think, you know... Those seem like the source of life. Those seem like they mark the days and the times. Perhaps I should worship them. Perhaps those entities rule over me. Do you, do you see how an ancient person might, might think that? Yes? Are you still with me? All right. A person from ancient times, not an ancient person. Okay. All right. Um, so, indeed, this would be logical, And this would be what many of the Canaanite and the ancient Near Eastern people thought when they looked up at the sky. But the scriptures were written to tell us what these lights really are, what they really represent. They are not gods to be worshipped, but they are part of the creation, part of the created order. In Moses' last sermon, when the Israelites are about to enter into Canaan and be surrounded by just this sort of thinking from just this sort of, of people groups, he exhorts them in Deuteronomy 4, 15 through 20. This is what Moses says. So be very watchful over your souls, since you saw no form on the day that Adonai spoke to you in Horeb, out of the midst of the fire, so that you do not act corruptly and make for yourselves a graven image in the likeness of any figure. That would be idolatry. And then he has a list of, of things that they might worship, that they might make images out of. Let's take a look at this. The form of a male and female. The form of any animal on the earth. The form of any winged bird that flies in the sky. The form of anything that creeps on the ground. The form of any fish that is in the water under the earth. So that you do not lift up your eyes toward the heavens and see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the heavenly host. Do you remember that that list for a second? Do you have that in our heads? And are drawn away and bow down to worship them. Adonai, your God, has allotted them to all the peoples under the heavens. But you, 
that is Israel, Adonai has taken, and he has brought you out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be a people for his own inheritance, as you are this day. Okay? Interesting. So, notice all those categories. Can we bring, can we bring that back again, the second slide? Right, thank you. So, notice all those car- categories and their unique wording. What does this remind us of? Does this remind you anything, these categories? Male and female, animals on the earth, winged bird in the sky, things on the ground, fish in the sea. What? It's the creation. It's the creation. And ending with the sun, the moon, and the stars. It reminds us, of course, of this week's Parsha, the story of creation. Indeed, these are all things that the ancient peoples in Canaan worshipped and made idols of and thought that those were powers and, 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 and those were their gods. But Israel was given the book of Genesis and the, the teachings of Moses to kind of set them straight. At least, you know, that was the intention as, as far as the efficacy of that. It, you know, that's, we can talk about that later. But, um, but that was the intention. Notice also the last category, the sun, the moon, and the stars are referred to um, as the host of heaven, the host of heaven. And uh, this, is a, this is a term from the Hebrew, it's tzava, right? That's where we get the term when we say Adonai Sevaot, the Lord of hosts, right? And that doesn't mean he's the Lord of you know, hostesses and that kind of thing. It's a, it's a word meaning, uh, it's a military term, right? It means armies. So he's the Lord of angel armies. And we sing, uh, we sing songs about that, right? Adonai Tsevaot, the Lord of angel armies. And so, um, the text is saying that it's connecting the sun and the moon and the stars with this heavenly army. And it's using this word tsava, um, to, to do so. So the stars in the scripture are connected with the heavenly council. In other words, Moses is telling Israel, don't worship the sun, the moon, and the stars like those other peoples might, those ancient peoples. In other words, they are the heavenly council, the lights in the dome, but they are a created part of God's heavenly council. So you should just worship the Lord, the one who created all of that. Does that make sense so far? Okay. This week's Parsha is, what was it again? Bereshit, in the beginning. Looking at the created order in Genesis, it helps us understand the purpose of uh, the creation narrative, looking at the the background. And uh, it's kind of a pattern. It goes, one, two, three, one, two, three, rest. Right? Just like our week, right? One, two, three, one, two, three, rest. It's kind of like a weird uh, waltz, right? If you waltzing with the Lord every, every week, right? One, two, three, one, two, three, rest. It's the Shabbat waltz. I think I just created a new dance. Yeah. You want to, we should try that out next week. Yeah? Okay. So, um, so that's the, the, the order that we see. And this is, uh, um, this is what happens on day one. God said, let there be what? Light. Yes, that's right. There's the establishment of the order of time and the pattern of day and night and on day one. So do we have a, a little slide of day one? There we go. Let there be light, and we have day and night. 
Okay, then on day two, we have the expanse of the skies or the heavens, Shemaim, and the separation of the primordial waters, symbolizing order from chaos. This is all about God bringing order. The ancient Near East mindset was that there was a three-tiered universe. Um, This is the mindset behind Genesis. So there was the heavens, the earth, and the waters, also referred to as the great deep. And they also believed that the waters were were all around the, the dome, behind the dome, right? That's why it, um, it rained. That's where the rain came from. And uh, when they dug deep down in, in the earth, what did they find? They found water. So that was sort of how they understood um, the, uh, the universe. And uh, so, so we have day one, let there be light. Do we have that? day and night. And then day two, we have the expanse of the skies, the heavens, and the waters separating from the waters. And waters in ancient time also represent chaos. And, uh, and so we see that the, the, the Israelites coming through the waters of chaos is a, is a constant theme in, in Scripture as well. I could go on about that. But um, that's, that's where we are. So this is very foundational, very important text, okay? And then we have what day after this? Day three, okay? So um, what happens on day three? You have the earth, and you have the water, and uh, you have uh, the water becomes the seas, and, uh, and then you have uh, some plants for the dry land. So it's the in, in, uh, filling up of the land with, with nice plants and uh, shrubberies and things like that. And, uh, and so we have our one, two, three pattern set. And then, what did I say? It's a waltz, right? That means we do one, two, three again. So four, five, and six are going to correspond to one, two, and three, right? Just like a nice dance. One, two, three, one, two, three. Okay? So on day four, what do we see? It's the creation of the expanse of the sky and a similar statement as on day one with an interesting difference. God, on day one, he said, let there be light. On day four, he said, let there be lights. Let me hear you say lights. You got to make sure you add the S, right? It's plural. Let there be lights. He fills the expanse of the heaven with the sun, the moon, and the stars, but there's another difference here, okay? So let's compare. Genesis 1-4 says, so God distinguished the light from the darkness, that's what it says in, in, in the creation and on the first day. And then on day four, it says this. Then God said, let light or lights, let there be lights, merot, in the expanse of the sky, be for separating the day from the night. They will be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. They will be for lights in the expanse of the sky to shine upon the land. And it happened so. Then God made the two great lights, the greater light for dominion over the day. Notice the word dominion. And the lesser night, as well as the stars, for dominion over the night. That would be the moon. Okay, let's leave this up for a second. There's a couple things to notice. Firstly, we notice, again, that it's plural. Let there be lights. Right. The order of creation is being fruitful and multiplying. It's filling up according to the word of the Lord. 
Notice, okay, secondly, on day one, God is separating the day from the night. Then on day four, God appoints the sun, the moon, and the stars to separate the days, right? The lights in the expanse of the sky, let them be for separating the day from the night. This is the creator king who, surprise, delegates some of his authority. The sun rules over the day. Notice those words. The moon rules over the night. The sun and the moon and the stars, however, they are created. They represent the divine counsel, but they are not God. Okay? Now I have a question. To whom else does God delegate some of his authority to rule over creation? Messiah? Okay, but what about in Genesis? Humanity, that's right. You and me. God has delegated his authority to, some of his authority, to rule over the earth with him. We're kind of like a vice regent, if you're, if you're familiar with that term. God told Adam to rule over the earth and subdue it as his kingly representative. This is from Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, the flying creatures of the sky, over the livestock, over the whole earth, and over every crawling creature that crawls on the land. There's those categories again, right? You're not supposed to worship those things and make images of them. You're supposed to rule over them as humanity. Thirdly, Let's go back to the, to the verse again. We notice that the sun and the moon and the stars, these things are for signs and for seasons. Signs and seasons. Or, in other words, signs and symbols and marking out time. This text is telling us that the lights in the heaven point back to the Creator, right? Like the signs and symbols done by Yeshua in the book of John. Those are, that's how it's referred to. Remember that? When we read through that, that was fun. Okay. So imagine you're driving west, okay? Would you rather look at a sign pointing the way to the Grand Canyon and you find it and it's like, oh, I found a sign. It says Grand Canyon this way. I'm so excited. Let me take a picture of the sign. Would you ever do that? You, you're, well, Scott might, but he's, you know... <laughs> He's one of the ancient ones. Okay, so, <laughs> so, but the rest of us, we would say, okay, this is just a sign. Let me follow that sign to get to the real deal so I can actually take a picture of the Grand Canyon, okay? The sign is pointing towards something greater. That's the purpose of it. The sun, moon, and stars, therefore, point to the Creator, who made them. The order of the creation and the majesty of the creator, it's supposed to show Israel not to worship these amazing lights, like, oh, it's the sun, it's so bright. Yeah, it's okay, right? But the ancient peoples might do that, but rather you are to worship the one who designed the sun, who's greater than the sun, who's even brighter, if we can imagine, than the sun. If you're not supposed to look directly at the sun, then how much more must the brightness of the Lord be? Amen? 
So the next three days of creation, days four, five, and six, they literally fill out the spaces created on days one, two, three, right? One, two, three, one, two, three, rest. Day five is the sea creatures and the sky creatures. And day six is the land creatures and the crown of the land creatures, which would be what? Humanity, yes. That's why Moses reminds Israel not to worship any of these things. And he lists all the categories, especially the bright and shiny things, because they are a part of creation. They are not the creator. So to sum up, we have the creator God of Genesis who delegates some of his authority to the heavenly lights and also, in a parallel way, he delegates some of his authority to humanity. However, God is over and above his creation, outshining even the sun and the stars. From him emanates a light that is brighter and stronger and more powerful than even our sun. Remember, the sun is just a sign and a symbol. The Israelites who received this instruction from Moses, they must have been flabbergasted, right? Wait, the sun isn't the most powerful thing? You mean there's something else? Yes, there's something else. The light of creation, if we follow this, this word light, this, this idea, it runs throughout the scriptures. Have you noticed that? It keeps coming up. And this helps us as a community. It's going to anchor us this year. From the scripture in 1 John, we know it says that God is light, right? In the sense that he is associated with the light of creation. The psalmist says, Adonai is my Light, he is my salvation. I think we even have a song by our own David Haller that, uh, that proclaims this, right? The light of the Lord is associated with his, his brightness, his glory, but also his majesty and righteousness and holiness and justice and goodness. Not only that, but he made us in his image. Unlike the sun and the moon and the stars, associated with the heavenly council. Those are just signs and symbols. But humanity, we are a reflection of the divine light, the image of God. The stars are a sign pointing the way back to the one who dwells in light. But humanity is crowned with glory and majesty and light, as it says in Psalm 8. Yeshua affirms this in Matthew 5, he says, not just he is the light of the world, but what? We are supposed to be the light of the world. Do you remember reading something like that? Yeah, we're supposed to reflect that divine light. Of course, we can also think about the opposite of this, which would be what? Darkness, yeah. This is used in a, as a metaphor in Scripture for spiritual blindness, and for sin and rebellion. Humanity is also free to choose this. But we, this year, we're going to go with the light. Amen? All right. So last year, 5779, we read through the Gospel of John. Do you remember that? That was fun. Uh, it, we read through all the new, the new Covenant Parsha the entire year. I hope you enjoyed it uh, as much as I enjoyed preaching through it. And we had an anchoring scripture for that year. Uh, Yeshua said in John 10, 27. And 
Okay, if you didn't get it quite last year, you still have uh, this year to do it. Okay, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. That was our anchoring scripture. And this year, 5780, I'm excited to share our new anchoring verse that you might be familiar with. Are you ready for this? Drum roll, please. Na, 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 na. Psalm 119.11. Let's read it together. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I chose this because this year we're going to focus on the illuminating light of the Torah, right? My sense from Hashem is that this year we will, as a community, we're going to get into the Torah. We're going to read along with the Parsha, right? If you didn't get a chance to read Genesis 1 through 6 this week, you still have this afternoon, right? We can, we can do this. Last year, I preached from the Gospel of John. This year, I'm going to focus a lot on the Haftarah readings. That's the, the prophets and the writings and, and history and wisdom literature that we might not be as familiar with. We might know, you know, the Torah stories. We might know um, the, the New Covenant stories. But we might not be as familiar with, you know, Samson and... And, uh, and the judges and, and the prophets, Isaiah and things like that. So, um, so we're going to get into that. And of course, we're starting up our bi-weekly Torah study on the Parsha, on the Torah section, every other Wednesday, starting when? This week, yes. And you can even join by Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Ooh, ah, right? And we will be integrating other things here and there based on Scripture to help all of us embrace the light of the Torah this year. So who is with me? Raise your hand. All right, give a shout if you're with me. Woo-woo! All right, sounds good. Sounds exciting. So let's take a look at this week's Haftarah portion from Isaiah 42. And uh, this is connected to Bereshit. And it opens with the Creator God, once again, using the motif of light to bring about his kingdom. So let's see what it says. Let's read it together, actually. Thus says God Adonai, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it, and ruach to those who walk in it. I, Adonai, called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, by opening blind eyes, bringing prisoners out of the dungeon, and those sitting in darkness out of the prison house. The Lord has created Israel as a light to the nations. And he has grafted in all the nations to this purpose and calling through Yeshua, who is the light of the world. Israel was called out, especially in these ancient times, to proclaim and give glory to the God of creation, the God who formed the light even before he formed the sun and the moon and the stars, if you think about it. And someday... Revelation tells us that in the new heaven and the new earth, guess what? We're not going to need a sun. We're not going to need stars. Why is that? Because the Lord himself will provide the light, enabling us to see, not only to see him, but to see each other. Which brings us back to our destiny as humans. Did you know 
that you are meant to be a star. I don't mean like on Star Search or, you know, God forbid, American Idol, you know, which is a problematic title. Um, but, uh, but to be a star, did you know that? You are meant to shine like a star because the divine light is in you. Daniel 12 verse 3 says it like this. Those who are wise will do what? Shine like the brightness of the heavenly expanse. And those who turn many to righteousness will be like the stars forever and ever. As we shine the light of the Torah and the whole story of Scripture this year, we can walk in the light of righteousness. We can grow in holiness. We can allow the word to enter our hearts that we might not sin against the Lord. So we can reflect the glory of the one who made us. So let's dig into the scripture that we might be wise, right? And let's encourage others to shine in righteousness so that we would shine like the stars. So this year at Tikvat Israel, let there be lights with an S. That's right. All right, let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, we thank you for these foundational texts of uh, you showing us your creation, showing us um, that you created us uh, in your image to reflect your divine light and help us this year, 5780, to really dig into your scriptures, to, um, to have a new... Um, a new scripture reading cycle to renew our commitment to reading your Torah and encouraging others in the Torah and talking about your word and, uh, and, uh, and learning about these things that we might uh, grow in holiness and righteousness and uh, help us, Lord, because if we were just doing this on our own strength, I don't think we could do it. But in you, we can leap over a wall, we can shut the mouths of lions, and we can grow in holiness, and your light will spread from Tikvat Israel to the ends of the earth, especially in the Richmond Jewish community, by your strength and by your light. Uh, we trust that you will do this and in your timing, O oh God, and in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen.